0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. We're really lucky to have access to him. He does such good work on Sky Sport alongside some very smart footballing minds. And after a weekend, which uh, the heart rate would have been up, down, everywhere, let's chat to Jacob Spoonley about some football. Afternoon, Jacob. Great to have you on the show, mate. Good afternoon,
1: Loey. Thank you very much for having me, mate. And apologies, I've just been chasing a puppy. Uh, who got off the leash, so I'm outside. Um, I'm trying to find a sheltered area at the moment, but we'll get there in a second, mate.
0: What's your uh, what's your latest kind of beep test score, mate, or your Bronco uh, stats? You, uh, how's the nick of a retired athlete like yourself?
1: Well, uh, let's qualify that, Louie, because it's a retired goalkeeper, so uh, we're not talking about, (laughs) in this field, the engine room of anything. I haven't trained in around about 18 months, mate, so you've got to factor that in, so on a scale of... I'd say you'd be looking at her about a solid two at the
0: moment. So the puppy's winning. The puppy the puppy is... Uh, he's got a, a bit of a handicap towards him. Hey, great to have you on, mate. And I, I think the, the best place to start for us, and we'll start with the Phoenix and work backwards from the area of everything else, football. W- what's the pulse of the, the Phoenix Nation? Like, where's, where is everybody at a couple of days on after we've taken some deep breaths? Well,
1: I think... There's still a bit of residual angst um, is probably the best way to describe it. Um, And what we're talking about, of course, is not uh, one referring decision, but a series of referring decisions that the Knicks were on the wrong end of at the weekend. Um, And just to really kind of catalogue them, Louis, what we're talking about is two red cards and then two penalties. And the two penalties came well into stoppage time. um, And they were questionable, I think, um, to say the least. Uh, I think the fans are still frustrated. Um, It doesn't bode well, it doesn't paint a good picture when you're talking about Sydney FC playing at home um, and the conspiracy theories that uh, do kind of play in and around that. What I would say is that we're not talking about um, a referee that is referring to a son or daughter's football match on a Saturday morning. This is a referee that's been to the World Cup that is... Professional, professional competition and in um, some ways I think given a fixture of the round or at least one of the fixtures of the round and that's quite prestigious so when we're talking about big moments, um, you'd hope that you get the majority of those right and from what I can see the majority weren't correct
0: it, The more we talk about it and the more I read it about it and the more I think about it it just strikes me as a topic and a conversation we'd be having during the NRL season around unconscious bias against the Warriors and how can professional referees that have had this much experience get away without repercussion? What is the A-League's protocol around accountability? Is there a referee's boss or a a boss of the football itself who can review the stuff and work out whether the, the referee or the team itself gets a the officiating team gets dropped and has to go play reserves for a week. What's that like in the A-League?
1: Well, there is. There's a head of referees and um, that's controlled by Football Australia. So it's not um, an APL or an Australian professional league matter. Uh, and it's part of the divorce that happened between Football Australia and APL is that they, uh, if they rather, got to maintain um, a, a, some sort of regulatory control over, uh, over the competition. And What I think we'll probably see is uh, an indication as to any sort of consequence uh, in relation to the ongoing employment of referees. I don't think we're going to see a transparency around um, kind of the critical analysis that goes on in terms of assessing Sean Evans um, from the weekend. And I've got to be clear as well, Laurie, this isn't just a matter uh, that focuses on Sean Evans. Sean made a call. Um, in relation to the first penalty, and Tim Payne's hand is raised, but he has ball. I haven't seen conclusive footage that indicates that his hand actually touched the ball. And from what I've heard, the penalty uh, itself was given for contact from the city player, and that ended up in Tim Payne's back. So with that sort of pressure, with the, the pace of the game at that point and you know, the emotional energy that's been extended, I'm um, sure should rightly feel as so though he should be supported by VAR in those sorts of instances. And there was Kate Yenesis, I think, is the VAR that was overseeing the match on the weekend. who have got the time to slow it down. They can draw the emotion out of the out of the uh, circumstance and then provide an objective account of what actually happened. And we didn't see that. And I think that's the frustrating thing from my perspective of that. It's the team officiating that came up with the series of decisions And... I've got to also say, mate, that it's a tough job and uh, you're not always going to get it right. I mean, the Phoenix players have made mistakes over right the course of the season. Well, I appreciate that. It's just, in the circumstances, this the, a series of big calls. There's an aggregation and they didn't seem to go in the Phoenix's
0: favour. That's the frustrating point here. Yeah, 100%. And completely get that, Jacob. You just want accountability. You just want to see, as a fan, addressed in a really mature and kind of transparent fashion. Uh, It's so striking how similar this conversation is to exactly where where we have with the Warriors. At least once a season, um, I guess we're always going to feel like that, a little bit aggrieved. If I look at the ladder... It is so congested through the middle and that's the other part of it you don't want to take away from what was an incredible team win actually probably one of the more, it will be one of the more famous Wellington Phoenix wins of recent times and now sitting there in 7th only a place off uh, a point off Adelaide and Brisbane in that congested part of the ladder and we had Ollie Sale on the show only a week ago Jacob he said there's just a couple of minor things that they can do better and they can really put themselves in a strong position on the gallop home to the end of the year. From your perspective, are there just gentle tweaks to be made to make sure that this team can actually contend this year?
1: Um, I think there are, and it's a calibration issue. What we've seen is a free-scoring Phoenix at times. They play some really fluid football, and um, they're very confident uh, when they are in position. What I think we have seen is a trapdoor at times. And what I mean by that is the Phoenix haven't been able to secure um, wins. They haven't converted goals into wins and that has been the frustrating part, I think for a lot of fans. So we've seen them drop around about nine points um, from winning positions and they're only at the 65 minute mark. The question for me is a number of those uh, points that were dropped came in home fixtures, and they have a very challenging February where they head overseas into a very hot Australia. So um, We'll only know kind of after the next month or so if those drop points are going to really hurt the Phoenix. And in terms of your point in relation to the table, the Phoenix sits squarely in the middle of things. If you take Melbourne City out, they're four points off bottom and they're four points off Western Sydney who currently sit in second. So that kind of gives you an indication as to the mixture um, of the Phoenix's performance over the course of the season so far. They've done some wonderful things. They've scored some great goals. They've given highlights to the competition. And players are starting to announce themselves, particularly those inputs. The issue for me is that in order to compete at that top end and to separate from yourself from the peloton, you do need to put a run together. And we just haven't quite seen that from the Senate. So it's threatened at times, but now it's about executing and just being absolutely ruthless. And I've got to say, Louis, they were hyper-focused potentially fixated on defending what they had in the weekend, which was a one-goal lead. And that was really promising because it showed that the players are committed to making sure that they improve and they put together a complete performance.
0: Yeah, no, you, you've hit the nail on the head. And Ollie Sale, we are, by the way, Jacob, just to, so you know, we are huge Ollie Sale guys here. Like, we are massive Ollie Sale guys. <laughs> so we, we, we'll, we'll name drop him as much as we can. And he that's, he just said, essentially, we just need to concede less goals. And that comes down to simple focus matters, uh, man-on-man defending and being accountable. That, it's so simple when you kind of boil it down like that. It's obviously way more than that, and it is complex. But as a former keeper... Himself because he, you know, you try and pump him up and he's a humble dude. But Pete texted and said, We'll be lucky to hold on to him for much longer, he deserves an opportunity at a higher level. I'm not qualified to answer that, I don't really know. Where is Ollie Sale at? Is he starting to, you know, tick the boxes as a keeper that could have higher things on his agenda? It's a really good
1: question, though, and I think it comes. You know, some, some Phoenix fans might recoil at the suggestion that they could lose one of their better players, if not uh, one of their best players over the course of the last couple of seasons. And what I would say to that is that for the betterment of the club and for the betterment of all New Zealand, part of the business model of the Wellington Phoenix has to be player development and then uh, talent export. Um, now, I don't want to put words in the mouth of anyone at the club, but that is what you'd hope as a fan of Kiwi football you're going to see from the Wellington Phoenix. And we have seen that in terms of the player development over the last couple of seasons. Libby Kakache, Sapreet Singh, Ben Wang. Yeah, that's right. And then add to that, Cammy Devlin, who's headed off to Hearts in the Scottish Premier League. And Ufuk Tully was a big factor on his personal development. So um, I would say that we'd love to see Oli Sale uh, heading overseas. There was a suggestion that he could go after the Intercontinental game against Costa Rica and... I think the reality is that he didn't have much to do in that game and ultimately New Zealand ended up um, bowing out before they got to the World Cup. So that, I don't think, hurt him, but it might have put the brakes on any move that he was looking at at that point in time. But Ollie is definitely a player that I think is deserving of an overseas
0: opportunity. Yeah, awesome. That is very, very exciting to hear, mate. Right, we'll let you get back to your puppy in just a bit, but we have to ask, I know you're across it all, um, (laughs) Premier League, what is, I'll 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 handball it to you, you take it anywhere you want. What is something post-Christmas that we need to know about the Premier League and the way that the uh, competition has just started to angle itself?
1: I think that you're going to see a team or teams separate themselves, and Arsenal's doing that at the moment. Man City, um, we're expecting them to chase, and we just haven't seen that from them so far. But what I can tell you is that we will know what this Premier League chase is going to look like, what the title challenge is going to be at the end of January. January is such a congested, fixture time for the Premier League. Literally games come every three days, sometimes even sooner than that and that puts a huge amount of stress on teams. And we've seen that from Liverpool. They do not have the horses to go strong at this stage of the season. Um, Their midfield is very light, and I really hate saying it as a Liverpool fan, but you've got to query whether they've got a balanced enough team to compete and to even stay um, in the pace at this point in the season. So it's not necessarily a projection, but it is um, a comment about we'll know what's going to happen soon
0: Louis? yeah yeah no it makes perfect sense mate awesome really really appreciate your time Jacob great to chat as always uh, enjoy the rest of your summer and we'll talk again shortly I'm sure lovely I'll make sure I
1: have uh, Maggie nice and tied up um, before Maggie
0: what sort of dog Maggie it's Maggie what sort of dog is Maggie Dog
1: We've got, oh, unfortunately, we, um, we had to say goodbye to our Border Collie um, uh, just before Christmas. Uh, and Jay um, had been with us for 11 years. She was a, a lovely, quiet, gentle, um, small Border Collie. We've now got a very rambunctious, energetic, <laughs> and uh, much more doggy uh tricolor border colleague called Maggie who's uh, currently 14 weeks old and, and keeping uh, me very occupied Lloyd
0: we're, we're a big Maggie show we're a big Ollie sale show we're a big Maggie show <laughs> things we are big on here this week alright we'll let you crack on Jacob see you man
1: lovely thank you very much Lloyd have a great day